Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Money Mitch Effect. Mitch Michaels back in the podcast world for our next episode, episode number four. And today's episode is going to feature a discussion with my buddy, my boy from my St. Louis University days, Ryan Souls. Me and Ryan actually hosted a radio show back on KSLU Radio for about four years. So we're, it's like old times. We chop up the NFL season, talk a little bit about uh, the NBA Hall of Fame uh, induction speeches to start and then get right into it, get right into the NFL season, uh, recap week one's opening night matchup, the Super Bowl rematch between the Panthers and the Broncos, a little bit about Cam Newton's, uh, the lack of calls he was getting, uh, Denver, how they look, how Trevor Simeon looks in his first start. We dive right into week one, uh, some storylines with the Bridgewater-Romo injuries, how some upstart teams uh, might look, um, and then we get right into predicting uh, what week one's going to look like, going over the betting lines, as always, uh, on this show, and then right into our picks, uh, followed by what we think are going to be, who we think are going to be the award winners for the 2016 NFL season. And then right into our playoff and Super Bowl picks. It's a, about an hour long, you know. The thing with me and Ryan is we can definitely chop it up for a long time and lose track of time. Uh, a conversation we we would have had regardless of whether it was recorded. So, so all right, here we go. Money Mitch Effect talking NFL football week one. Ryan Souls coming here on the Money Mitch Effect to talk. Uh, well, we're going to talk NFL football, uh, but first, you know, before you get into that, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the NBA Hall of Fame last night. Oh, wow, man. I uh, actually caught some of the speeches last night. It was awesome. I mean, for the guys going in, Yao, Shaq, and Iverson. Well, that, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk yeah, to you about. Just, this is like one of the first classes that's kind of personalized. Absolutely. Generation. I mean, even even guys like Tom Izzo and you know, Cheryl Swoops in the, in the women's game. But then you have Shaq, Yao, and Iverson. I mean, mm-hmm. players did a lot of their, you know, dominance in the late 90s, early 2000s. Right. Um, just a real special class and some real special speeches. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think because these are our generation of players, I think the future Hall of Fames from this point forward are going to kind of hit home for us because they're our group of guys. I mean, we, we got to see Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan's, a lot of Michael Jordan's prime when we were preteen, so to speak. So I think, you know, these next generation of players are going to start going in um, are going to hit a lot closer to home for us. And you have three really distinct personalities. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm of the thought that I definitely think Yao belonged in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I know his career got cut short. Uh, when he played, he was right behind Shaq as, I think, the next best center in the game and what he did for the game of basketball. You know, people forget that this Hall of Fame is, is you know, the entire sport of basketball. Mm-hmm. I think his impact is one of the all-time greats. I mean, he, he came in from China. There really wasn't any, you know, Chinese great basketball players at the NBA level, and he helped get rid of the stereotype that any foreign big man was soft. I mean, he was a tough guy. He was. He was tough, and um, he could also uh, shoot the ball from almost anywhere on the court. So, I mean, he, you know, a guy like Shaq had to come out sometimes to the three-point line to guard Yao Ming because he could shoot that ball. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's just a shame that his career got short, but, you know, he really, him, Dirk Nowitzki, some other guys really made the NBA into a global game, and I think for that, Yao Ming, um, on top of his on-court accomplishments, deserves it 100%. Yeah, and Shaq, we all know his place in the game, um, you know, we knew how funny his speech would be based on his personality. Absolutely. And Iverson, I mean, this is an emotional guy for all the ups and downs he's had. And that was one of the better speeches I can remember seeing was Iverson from the heart last night. Absolutely, and I think what made me appreciate it the most was that he didn't leave anybody out. <clears throat> I mean, oh. he, he talked to everybody. I mean, he Biggie and Tupac got shout-outs all the way to... to yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it was classic Allen Iverson. And uh, he really did do it his way, and it was awesome to see him uh, go into the Hall of Fame like that. Yeah, some of the best that the games had to offer, mm-hmm. and you know, definitely dating a lot of people, including ourselves, because these were you know important people in the game of basketball when we were younger. But big uh, congratulations to 
the 2016 Naismith Hall of Fame class. Absolutely. All right, let's switch, let's switch sports now to the NFL. Let's do it, man. No, it's it's hard to believe, you know. No, we're back, we're back on, you know, discussing football like old times. But it's hard to believe that the season's already back, back started already with the same game that ended the last season. Mm-hmm. They actually played Broncos and Panthers. Broncos win again on the opening Thursday night game, twenty-one to twenty. All right, a lot to talk about in this game. Uh, let's start with the positives from the Denver side. Okay. In the game, twenty-one to twenty, and at least after one week, John Elway's got to be feeling pretty good about himself and his decision to go with his seventh round unproven quarterback in Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I think he's definitely feeling good about himself. I uh, I don't want to hop on the bandwagon too early, but I think against that defense in Carolina, that was a really good sample size of plays. I think that early interception he had wasn't his fault. And uh, outside of that, I think he managed the game really well. And the way that they're running the ball, I think that was the bigger story here because uh, I think it allowed Trevor kind of to, uh, to free up a little bit. But they did open the game throwing the ball, which was nice for his, his confidence, I'm sure. Right. And, you know, you, you touched on it. Carolina's a pretty good defense. Um, you know, even with losing Josh Norman, I think they're, they'll be okay in the secondary, maybe not quite as mm-hmm. good. They're a front seven team, though. Yeah, and and Denver ran the ball well again on Carolina's front seven. Honestly, you look at what happened in the Super Bowl last year with Peyton not having to do too much. Um, I don't think they need him with their defense, with their running game, to play lights out football, to play, you know, throw the ball, you know, 40 times a game. Mm-hmm. If he ends the game, if he makes big throws, if he spreads it out, I mean, he used a lot of his weapons good. We saw Sanders, Thomas, and even Virgil Green getting some touches. I don't think he needs to do as much. But but we know, Ryan, this is a team driven by their defense. Absolutely. And I was impressed with how they played defensively, given the fact that they lost so many free agents, which tends to happen when you win a Super Bowl. It does. And uh, you could definitely feel uh, Malik Jackson not being there. But I think Von Miller played well. I mean, he showed why, um, you know, he got all his money. And he showed why he, he was drafted second overall. And uh, I think that defense, um, especially with the way the style that Wade Phillips likes to play and the athletes they have, um, they can continue to be dominant. And if they make the playoffs, it's going to be because of leaning on that defensive unit. Right. right. And Chris Harris, I mean, we might need to start talking about him as the best court in that discussion. Yeah, I've, absolutely. The plays he makes are phenomenal. Yeah, the corner position, that play, the interception he made when he tipped it to himself was unbelievable. It was. You know, one last one last note on Denver's offense, Ryan. You know they didn't even get the young running back going, Devontae Booker. Later in the season, if he gets going, I think there's a lot of people that kind of wrote this team off. I, with all due respect to Oakland and Kansas City, who should be better this year, mm-hmm. I wouldn't sleep on Denver just completely whiffing this no, year. No, uh, yeah, I agree. And they they have a lot of talent, and um, they just they look hungry again, which is important. They definitely do. All right, let's go to the Carolina side. And, you know, there were some positives with Jonathan Stewart having a solid game, Kelvin Benjamin coming back and and playing strong. The defense struggled at times. The offense kind of sputtered down the stretch. But you know what I want to talk about, and that's the play of Cam Newton. And I'll start with this, Ryan. The first thing I thought during watching the game and watching some of the shots he took was I had this eerie, you know, reminder of what it was like to watch Brett Favre play in the NFC Championship game with the Vikings. The Vikings, yeah. Some of the shots he took should have been flagged, at least based on the current letter of the law in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, and I'll ask you, why do you think the calls weren't going his way? I think because uh, I honestly don't believe the referees see him as a quarterback. Uh, right. I, I, he's, he's this... Six 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 five six six two hundred and fifty pound athlete who happens to throw the football very well, and if he gets some steam going, he will run you over. He can run anybody in this league over. Um, and I just think it's a shame uh, because he does play the position of quarterback, and because he's you know physically tougher and more athletic, he doesn't get a lot of those calls, and he should get some of those calls. And Unlike the NBA, it's not a where you have a Shaq situation where it's tough to officiate because of how big he is. These hits were blatant, and you know you see helmets helmets hitting the pavement, so to speak. 
and I think that's a problem. I think the NFL needs to fix it. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think because he leaves the pocket time and time again, they almost view him as a running back. Mm-hmm. We're, we're very fortunate with some of the calls and fortunate with the rule that you know the grounding offset the helmet-to-helmet right. weight in the game, which, you know, the refs didn't get that wrong. That might be a rule that needs to be changed, but that's how it is interpreted. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I'm not saying all quarterbacks deserve to be protected. It's just that if it was Brady, if it was Luck, if it was even Russell Wilson, I think if I think, it was Russell Wilson too. I think, I think, it, yeah, I think it has almost everything to do with size here. Yeah. I think because of how big Cam is, he's not getting the treatment. He just, it, it just isn't. How are we looking at Carolina though going into this season? I know it's just one game. You know, there's some question marks with this team finishing against good teams. Uh, we not just this game in the Super Bowl, but. Seattle last year in the in the playoff game, they almost blew a huge lead there. Down the stretch, I, there might be some concerns there, at least with this offense. Yeah, I think there's some issues down the stretch. But, you know, Mitch, I think, to me, the bigger issue was, I think early in the game, Carolina had a chance, especially with with the way the defense was playing early, had a chance to, I don't want to say run the, te- run the score up on the Denver defense, but give themselves a decent cushion because the, the outset of the game just looked totally different to start for Carolina, and they were moving the football. And then something that is, I don't know, to me something seems off of Cam Newton. Um, he's just, he doesn't have that same um, pizzazz, so to speak, um, in terms of athleticism throwing the football. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if he feels, you know, giddy. I don't know if it was a Super Bowl hangover, so to speak. But the offense just didn't seem to be clicking. And um, Benjamin looked great, and I didn't. I didn't have too many complaints with um, the Carolina defense. I just thought that the, the offense didn't bail them out too much. Right, definitely a full season to go. Um, I expect Cam to improve. I, will he be the MVP again? You know, that's a lot to ask, but you know, he's still got a lot of talent. The team around him appears to be getting better. And one last note on the defense, Ryan. You know, Ewey's a player. I mean, that guy. He is. is gotten better every time I've seen him and I'm expecting big things uh, out of him. Alright, now we gotta go to we got to go to some more disturbing and sad news and we didn't get to t- talk about this last week, but with what's up going on in Minnesota with Teddy Bridgewater out for the season, just a gruesome injury and a, and a huge setback for a team really built to win now. You know, first your thoughts on Teddy and, you know, the long road to recovery he's going to have, Ryan, but also where this team goes. They pick up Sam Bradford. They're going to start, just announced today, Sean Hill. What do you see for the Vikings this year? You know me. I've always been, you know, a Teddy Bridgewater fan, and I've liked his upside in the NFL, and it was just devastating uh, that, you know, he got hurt like this. It just seems that the, the name in the game with the bigger, stronger, faster athletes are the knee injuries. I mean, because they cut on all that power, and we don't really know, at least I don't know much, how, how the injury took place. I knew it was non-contact, but these athletes are just tearing their knees up, and it's just really sad. Um, but, I mean, we've seen players have gruesome knee injuries and come back to have good careers, great careers even. He's a young player. He's got time, and Mike Zimmer and company have a good team around him. Uh, to move to what you said about Sam, Sam Bradford, uh, I think it's a plus that he gets to have Norv Turner coaching him. I think it's a plus that he gets to hand off to Adrian Peterson. Uh, the biggest question mark with Sam Bradford always is can he stay on the field? If he stays on the field, you know, I mentioned earlier I picked this team to win the division um, with Green Bay getting the wild card uh, by a game, and that was with Teddy Bridgewater in the equation. I don't know how I feel about that now. But I think if Sam comes in and plays well, Adrian Peterson stays upright and does what we know he can do, this team uh, will be a force, I think. Yeah, with with Bridgewater, I think uh, it also helps that he's a quarterback and not a receiver or a DB that relies solely on speed. Right, right. And he's not really much of an option guy either. He's always going to look to pass first. Right. I And mean, I'm hopeful that he makes a full recovery too. Definitely something that the game needs. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were growing the Bradford trade online, and, and I get it. They gave up a lot for a guy that really hasn't proven a uh, whole lot. But you got to look at this team. This team is built to win now. Adrian Peterson is going to be 32 years old, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just wash out this year with guys on your team that, you know, with a chance right. to actually do something. Mm-hmm. 
And it would have been foolish, I think, to just throw Bradford right out, even with Norm Turner. I mean, he's only been there, you know, a little over a week. Right. I expect him to be on the field soon. Mm -hmm. Sean Hill's a capable backup. Um, But I I think they can win games with Adrian Peterson with a defense that we saw last year, one of the most underrated defenses in the NFL. Absolutely. Mike Zimmer's a heck of a coach. He is. He's gotten through tough times before, both in his personal life and, you know, on the field managing the team. So I think the Vikings can be okay, but, you know, anytime you lose a quarterback in the quarterback-driven league, you're you're in tough shape. But mm-hmm. hopefully the leaders on their team built to kind of win now, you know, can get them get them by and get them over the hump. Um, now, I do want to talk about another team dealing with the injury bug, obviously the quarterback position, the Dallas Cowboys, Ryan, mm-hmm. with Rome. And they signed Mark Sanchez. Dak Prescott appears to be going into week one uh, as a starter. But they pick up Ezekiel Elliott. They have that great offensive line. It's really a lot good and a lot bad with this team. Do you think losing Romo is going to be as big of a setback as it was last year? Uh, I do. Uh, just from uh, the offensive clicking, uh, that sort of standpoint, I think Dak showed us a lot in the preseason, but that is the preseason. Uh, I think what's crucial without Tony Romo here is the Cowboys' strength um, on either side is their offensive line, and they just need to focus on Ezekiel Elliott, Alfred Morris, getting Darren McFadden back healthy, and just trying to be the the best rushing team in the NFL. If they can do that, uh, try to control the time of possession because their defense is terrible. Not good. They have a chance um, because of the NFC. Yeah, because of the NFC. Exactly, they have a chance. Uh, Anything can happen. Um, But you know, Dak Prescott to me, it's the preseason, so I still have to see more. Now, I agree. You know, in Ezekiel Elliott, it's a trendy, uh, a trendy rookie of the year pick, Mm -hmm. and I think it has mostly. I mean, yeah, he's a great running back in college, but. I think it mostly has to do with how good that offensive line is and how you could look at last year, even when Romo was out and they couldn't complete a pass, the running backs, whoever they had there, were gaining four or five yards a pop. Right. You know, even dating back to uh, to Joseph Randall before he kept getting arrested and thrown off the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think the thing I like about Dak Prescott in that role is that he is a quarterback that can run, can use his legs, and knows how to at the very least work in a run-heavy offense. Right. Now, I don't think he's the savior, and I think unless he plays lights out, it's definitely Romo's team if and when he comes back. Okay. But I see this team, even if it's Sanchez or Prescott, as being in a much better shape to at least keep the team afloat for half a season. Okay. A poor division before Romo comes back. Now, they're going to need him to do anything, you know, long-term going into the playoffs. But I think with what they have, I think they can be okay. And it sucks for Romo. I mean, the guy just keeps getting hurt. It does. These aren't, you know, these are kind of flukish injuries. you got to question, you know, how much durability he has left at 36 years old. I agree. And, I mean, and I think, you know, when you said, you, you alarmed me when you thought that, you know, Dak, you're not totally sold. Because I was looking at this with Romo being 36 and these injuries. I was look, not necessarily – necessarily as a Tom Brady Drew Bledsoe moment, but I could see Dak Prescott, if he continues to play well, maybe taking this team um, from Tony uh, at some point. Uh, I don't know if that would happen next year. I don't know if that would happen if, you know, Jerry Jones is deciding to keep Tony off injured reserve, so he can be activated if he is healthy, but we don't know that. So um, when you said, you know, what, what you said about Dak was kind of alarming. So you you don't think Dak is a franchise guy? I'm I'm not sure. Okay. okay. But the question is, is he a franchise guy? I mean, how many quarterbacks in the NFL right now do you think are franchise guys? Right. I mean, you can probably count them on two hands. There's not a lot. So I don't put him in that category, clearly, at least yet. Right. Um and, and people want to compare to Russell Wilson. That's a pretty unique guy. I don't think there's many people that play. Well, I was going to give you a Marcus Mariota. Could he produce like Marcus? They're, now, they're different players. But can can he? if he can produce like that, then Dallas can say they have something. Yeah, if the deep ball is there for Prescott. And, again, it, this is more so saying this is preseason. It's a late-round pick. Right. Until I see a, a wink of you know game action, I'm not going to declare anybody a franchise. I, I hear you. 
Uh, speaking of that, you know, you're an Eagles fan. I'm unfortunately a Browns fan. They actually play each other this they week. Do. But for Philly, Wentz gets the nod in week one. Mm-hmm. And we can kind of roll into our week one picks with this, but um, week one Sunday picks. So they trade away Bradford. Are you surprised they didn't go with Chase Daniel week one? You know, I am. I am surprised they didn't go with Chase Daniel week one. I, I guess uh, coaching staff over there, Peterson and company, felt that Wentz was ready. Uh, and, and that was just really uh, shocking to me, considering in, okay. in OTAs they were saying he has a long way to go and he's not even close. So the fact that we've gone through, I mean, four preseason games, you know, for somebody who hasn't had NFL reps or even big um, – I guess, quote-unquote, big college game reps because he didn't play at the D1 level. Um, this is important for him, but to toss him into the fire week one um, right now when a lot of the other quarterbacks that went this year are going to have the luxury to sit. Chase Daniel um, uh, is should be the guy, in my opinion, but Carson Wentz is really going to have to show why they drafted him where they drafted him. Yeah, playing no preseason games makes it an interesting choice, but I think, and not to be too self-deprecating, but I think the fact that they are playing Cleveland helps in this decision. You know, you know what? I mean, and I know we're going to get started. One if they play, you know, Denver or Seattle. Yeah. Um, you know, and we'll get into your picks, but I'm a little more high on your team, I think, than you are. Uh, well, I'll say this. Offensively, it's not. it doesn't look as bad as I thought it would yeah. be. Point to me where the talent is on the defense. I agree. I agree with you there. Uh, they, they're they not going to be able to stop anybody. You know, and, we keep, and the Browns keep getting rid of, like, Kruger, who, okay, his production went down. But he's just the next guy, Paul Kruger, in the line of guys that the Browns just got rid of. Right. No compensation, just no replacement. No replacement, just got rid of. So I get that they're building towards the future, and you could argue, I mean, I would argue this is the most important game of the season mm-hmm. because the Browns have Phillies draft picks, so if they win this game, it actually helps them in that regard. Right, right. But Philly at home, they, the, the betting line on this game opened at 7.5 points. This was obviously before the Bradford trade. Now we're down to 3.5. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, RG3... Can he put points up on the board on this Philly defense? Probably. Yeah, I think he can. I like Duke Johnson out of the backfield, but the receiver position, I mean, Gary Barnage is a good tight end, but, again, the receiver position, especially with Josh Gordon out for a couple weeks, yeah. is very concerning. Yeah, it is. It is concerning, and I'm very interested to see the resurgence or the rejuvenation of Robert Griffin III uh, and see uh, how Hugh Jackson's going to use him. And I was I meant to ask you, how do you feel about Hugh being there? Are you excited? Do you think the team can really get uh, to be competitive in well, some years? Well, it's the first part of that question. <laughs> from the standpoint that this is an offensive guy with a proven track record of having success, at least as, the, as a coordinator, mm-hmm. with offenses with quarterbacks. Um I don't think it's going to work this year and probably next year, but hopefully he's around in year three. Okay. Uh, it's a really tough division. I'm not sure if RG3 is the future, um, but I think if there's anybody that could get something out of him, it would probably be Hugh Jackson right now. My biggest thing with RG3, Ryan, is his biggest knock was holding on to the ball too long. Mm-hmm. Our offensive line is terrible. Yeah. So if he if this happens he's, he's he might get hurt you know and he might not make it to halfway through the season mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know of all the draft picks they've made I was a little concerned with that third round pick of USC's quarterback Cody Kessler yeah I don't know if he's a long term solution probably not yeah, I'm not sure either. this looks like a team that might be building for Deshaun Watson type in the, in this draft or you know whoever the top quarterback may be but I think they're offensively. It's the most optimism, and it's not very much optimism, but it's the most optimism I've had in a long time. Okay, okay. I'll take that. But week one, though, do you think the Eagles win? Do you think they cover the three-and-a-half-point spread at home? Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I struggled with this pick uh, because I, I think the Browns have a chance to really win this game. But opening season, I'm going to be biased and pick home squad by three points, but I'm not confident in it at all. I think I, I'm going to agree with you there. I think it's probably going to be the Eagles, but I think it's a field goal. If you bet on the Browns, you might get some action there. But yeah. like last year against the Jets, the Browns get off to an early lead, and I think eventually as the game wears down. I mean, for Philly, 
they have to win this game, right? At home against the Browns week one. They I do. Mean, win this game, it's going to be a long, uh, a long season. It is. Let's look at some of the other games uh, from week one. Tampa Bay, Atlanta. Atlanta at home, two and a half point favorite. Tampa Bay is, you know, I guess both these teams are kind of sl- slowly moving up on the trendy wild card team pick, but it's a lot to be proven for both these teams this season. How do you see it shaping out week You know, I, I'm going to go, I don't know how big of a limb this is, but I'm going to go out and say Tampa Bay. I think we've seen uh, the Falcons ceiling time, out, time in and time out. I think we've seen the Matt Ryan and Julio Jones connection. We've seen Julio Jones be prolific as a wide receiver and this team go nowhere. Um, I think uh, – Tampa Bay is primed offensively to have some success. Defensively, they're going to have to shape up uh, if they want to compete uh, because there there is some firepower, a little bit of firepower in that division. But I like Jameis Winston. I like where he's going, and I think they could win this game. I, I, I go Tampa Bay. I, I'm going to agree again. Um, last year, I think Atlanta went seven and nine, mm-hmm. and they started six and zero. Oh, right? They beat all bad teams. Yeah, yeah. it's just they, you know. Tampa Bay won this game last year, actually. They beat Atlanta at least once last year. I'm not sure where it was. But um, I I think Tampa Bay, I like Jameis, and and Mike Evans should be be better. The defense, I know Lovey Smith's not there, but uh, the head coach, the former defensive coordinator, um, I think think Tampa Bay wins this game, and I'm I'm with you. I think I'm starting to wear off on Atlanta. Has Max Ryan, has Matt Ryan, you know, maxed out? Has he plateaued? Because I... We might be getting to that point. Yeah, I don't know. And, I mean, I think that, that leaves a lot of questions because for if you're Atlanta, it's kind of as the grass really greener. I don't know if you really look for somebody to replace Matt Ryan, but you know what you're getting. And even when uh, Julio was younger and Rowdy Wright was more in his prime and they really had that two-receiver threat uh, and Matt Ryan really um, had a ceiling. So it's just it's kind of alarming considering uh, how – uh, highly rated he was coming out of college and uh, kind of what we've got now compared to Joe, somebody like Joe Flacco who's won a Super Bowl and had a ton of playoff success. So right. it's just it's interesting. Right, now let's move on to Minnesota, Tennessee. In Tennessee, we talked about uh, the Vikings earlier. Vikings are on the road, two-and-a-half-point favorites. They pull this game out with Sean Hill, or do you see Mariota and company getting it done? Uh, I see another close game here. I like the Vikings. Uh, I think DeMarco Murray is really going to uh, thrive here in this offense with Mariota, but I like the Vikings here, even with Sean Hill starting out. I think Adrian Peterson's going to have something to prove, and I think this defense is going to be looking to make up for the loss of their quarterback. You know, yeah, I'm on this one, too. Mariota... He's looked pretty good. I know it's preseason, but we have actually seen him play in, mm-hmm. in a game, and he's looked a little better. Um, I'll go Minnesota as well. The only thing is I think both these teams will be a lot better towards the end of the season than at the beginning. And I'm interested to see Tennessee, what the what the running back situation looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me and Henry. You know, what's Henry look like at the pro level right. is going to bounce back. I think there's room for both of them. I really do. I, I don't think it's got to be one or the other guy. Hmm. And that's interesting because yeah, I was definitely thinking it was the one or the other type of uh, type of situation. But yeah, you can definitely use both. And I mean, we've been running back by committee in the NFL for a long time here, and I think you're just going to have two power guys that you can switch between, and uh, it'll it'll work out well. Right now, it could, it could prove to be that way. You know, one guy just assumes the role. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Cincinnati travels to the to New York to take on the Jets. In another uh, interesting week one matchup with the Bengals on the road favored by two points. You know, I'm going to go with the Jets here. I like uh, I like Todd Bowles. I like uh, this team's energy about getting Fitzpatrick back. I like how Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker play in this offense. And um, just not – when you really thought that Rex Ryan with the Jets had – the talent to make an ideal defense work, and then you saw Todd Bowles, and Todd Bowles was exactly that. And I think this team is just primed uh, to do well as long as the quarterback plays well, and I think they upset Cincinnati week one. I'm going to the Jets. It's definitely a toss-up game. I do like the Bengals here. I think there just might be a little rust on Fitzpatrick. Okay. The guy was out for a long time. Yeah. Uh, offensively, now we, we didn't talk about the Jets too much, but the running game, you know, some new faces there. Mm-hmm. 
No more Chris Ivory, Bilai Powell, and, and a few others getting the nod there. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just, and the defense kind of is alarming. This is a Bengals team that I think has a lot of talent. It's getting to the point where they have to put it together. Mm-hmm. I think they come out week one and they uh, they get the job done. But we'll see. I mean, A.J. Green, Dalton. Uh, the running game for Cincinnati is a huge question mark because Jeremy Hill had a pretty bad year last he year. But Bernard, Gio Bernard is the perfect complementary back to, to any starter in the league. Mm-hmm. I think if they rely a little more heavily on that, they could be pretty good this year. Absolutely. Um, Oakland and New Orleans. Now, this is a, a shootout waiting to happen. You know, the line on this game over under is like 52.5 points. Oh, wow. A point and a half at home. Do you think Oakland, a trendy pick, will win on the road, or do you see the Saints holding? I, I think the Saints are going to hold at home. I want to pick the Raiders so bad, but I, I think this could be a good resurgent year for the Saints. Drew Brees, I think, is going to look like more like himself this year. Uh, I think the Saints win a close game, like a like a twenty one seventeen type of game. So I agree with Brees looking like himself at home, but I don't think that really matters. I I would be stunned if they only gave up seventeen points in this game. Yeah, yeah. I like the Raiders. I think this is a game the Raiders have to win if they're a legitimate playoff team. Uh, the Saints' defense is, was one of the all-time worst ever, actually. Like. They were. They were terrible. They, <laughs> yeah, I think they were like 30th. You know, a team strapped for a cap room that wasn't really able to upgrade. Mm-hmm. Saints' offense could put up some points, but I think the Raiders are going to take this one uh, on the road. Now, San Diego goes to Kansas City uh, in a uh, game where the Chiefs are at home and favored by a lot, six and a half points. A lot of people picking the Chiefs to be the AFC West winner. San Diego was pretty bad last year. Do you see the Chiefs sticking true to it, or does San Diego pull off the upset? Yeah, Mitch, I'm one of those guys who picked the Chiefs to win this division. Uh, I like the Chiefs in this game. Uh, Yeah, that's really all I got. I I really want to see Phillip Rivers and the Chargers put it together one year, but they just do not have the talent around him. Uh, I like the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, this is tailor-made for a Chiefs blowout. It's week one. It's in the uh, central time zone, not on the west where San Diego is used to playing. San Diego, who wasn't very good last year, as we mentioned, had to deal with the, the Bosa holdout issue all training camp. Uh, I just don't know what defensively they can do. I mean, they have some decent secondary, a decent secondary, but just a pedestrian uh, team on defense. Aside from that, I think this could be uh, ugly in Kansas City's favor. But we'll see. Baltimore-Buffalo. Now, this is a game I'm actually really looking forward to. Two teams that have playoff aspirations. Probably not room for both in this upcoming playoff. Baltimore at home, three-and-a-half-point favorite. They take out the Bills week one? I don't think so. I like the Bills in this matchup. I I really like um, Tyrod Taylor, Sean McCoy, Sammy Watkins. I like this offense. Uh, I'm not super sold on this Bills defense yet, but I'm not super sold on the Ravens defense. Either so, and I, I think to, with with Suggs and Doomerville coming back, I think it'll be great. Uh, they kind of get their swag back, so to speak, as uh, T. Sizzle said. But I like the Bills here. I think the Ravens um, are just a little bit away, uh, but that division is just too good uh, for them to come out. I like the Bills. Yeah, you know, I'm really wavering on my Bills playoff pick, and we'll see if I stick true to that at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think they win Week One. I like you. I think it's more of just me not believing in Baltimore. Um, and what's going to go on with the running game? They cut and re-signed Justin Forsett. They've got some injuries in their backfield. Uh, I like Flacco. I like the deep ball threat. Who's his deep ball guy, though? Right. You know, right. Can, so we, can we trust Steve can, Smith to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Coming off the ACL injury, especially. I think Buffalo holds, holds on and wins a low-scoring close game. Chicago-Houston. Uh, Houston at home six point favorites over a Bears team that you know didn't didn't do much of anything last year. People expecting similar results this year. Do, do the Texans roll? Yeah, I think the Texans roll here. I, I like where Bill O'Brien has his team going. I think this team quietly got loaded. Uh, they got Lamar Miller. They got Clowney coming back, who looked really good in the preseason. If he can stay healthy, uh, this team could be all right. Uh, JJ Watt. Is might have a slow start, but I like Houston rolling in this game pretty easily. I think they roll as long as Brock Osweiler doesn't just self-destruct, which we'll see. We'll yeah, see. He should. You never know. And, and 
I give Houston credit because not only do they sign him and make that, you know, give him a lot of money, quite frankly, a ridiculous amount of money, but they address the receiver position. Mm-hmm. They get Will Fuller, they draft Braxton Miller late. You know, they got Hopkins. They're giving him every chance in the world to succeed, and that's really all you can ask for. You know, now it's on him to go play. Right. But I do like the Texans there. Jacksonville, Green Bay, Jacksonville at home, Green Bay, five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Uh, how do we see this one playing out? You know, I think I like Jacksonville making this close to the first half. I think Green Bay is going to pull away later, so I'm picking Green Bay to win this game. But I, this is the the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars of old that, you know, we're getting stomped on every week. I think that's a thing in the past. I think this team is trending up, and I think we're going to see how com- really how competitive they are week one, but I like the Packers. Jacksonville's a trendy pick to make some noise this year, but, yeah, I can't go against Green Bay week one, uh, Jacksonville, with, with Rodgers coming in fresh. But the return of Jordy Nelson, who mm-hmm. we all underrated how big of a loss that would be last year. Absolutely, and uh, it was a big loss, and I don't know how much you can attribute that to uh, Aaron Rodgers not having a good season by his standards, but they, that team as a whole definitely missed Jordy, and uh, I'm excited to see him back. Clay Matthews healthy. I think the defense should be a little better. And Eddie Lacy in shape. You know, losing a couple pounds. Mm-hmm. Trying, trying to shed some excess weight. We'll see. I think the Packers win this game. All right, our biggest line of the week is uh, Seattle 10.5 point favorites against Miami at home. This could get ugly, Ryan. I'll start off by saying I think Seattle wins pretty handily. Yeah, I think they win pretty handily as well. And I don't. And I'm not positive or negative on Miami this year. I think they could trend either way. I don't think they're a terrible team, but I think Seattle's going to win. What else is new? It's the same. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Seattle at home, though. Ryan Tannehill. I mean, this this is a defense at home that just eats quarterbacks like him up alive. So yeah. Quick. I don't know what Aaron Foster is going to look like. I was going to say, yeah, real quick. What do you think about Foster? Could he could he take that team? Could he make them competitive late in the year? Is he going to be on the field late? That is true. That's true. It's a fair thing. And the the one report before we move on quickly that I want to talk about is just troubling news about Ajay, the Boise State running back in his second year. Yeah, yeah. It said when Foster came in, he just kind of sulked and didn't compete. They wanted him to compete for the job, and he just kind of, you know, didn't didn't fight for it. Yeah. So that's not really a good sign for what they think could be the future of that running back. Not position. at all. I mean, in competition is what the NFL is all about, you know, iron sharp as iron here, and uh, that, that's really unfortunate for Ajayi and that team. Okay, so let's get to the late games as well. That was the first late game, Miami Seattle, only three on the later schedule Sunday afternoon. Giants and Cowboys. There's an interesting one for you, Ryan. It's a pick game in Dallas. I think it is a pick game in Dallas. Um, I like the Giants here. I'm not as high on the Giants as... Um, a lot of people seem to be. I think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to show out. I think Sterling Shepard uh, is going to have a, a really solid year and help out Eli Manning. Uh, Victor Cruz coming back is going to be good. But defensively, um, we've got to see more out of JPP, and uh, we know how suspect that back end is on defense. Uh, I'm going to pick the Giants to win here because uh, I think at this point, Des Bryant is the best player on the team. Uh, and he can't throw to himself and until we see Dak Prescott uh, show us something in the regular season. I think, um, you know, I'll, I'll withhold judgment. So I like the Giants here. I think it'll be a close game because it's the NFC le- uh, least East. Um, but, no, I like the Giants. I think I'll go Dallas at home. Uh, it is a, a true pick game. I think with the Giants' defense not being great, the smart game plan here would be a heavy dose of Ezekiel Elliott, run the ball, keep them out on the field. Heavy dose of any back, really. Any back, yeah. yeah. Morris would look good in the preseason, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would look at Jason Witten as a guy. We know young quarterbacks like tight ends. I think he could be in line for a big game. I think both these teams will be in it down the stretch, mm-hmm. but week one in that division at least. But at week one, I like the Cowboys uh, winning it at home. The last late game on Sunday, Detroit goes to Indianapolis. Indy only three only three points favorites over the Lions. How do you see this one panning out? Yeah, and I didn't hear that line until you mentioned it. And that's really that was really shocking uh, to me. I think Indianapolis should be a pretty strong favorite here. Um, you know, Detroit has some weapons, but I think Andrew Luck coming back. I think he's going to have something to prove. I think he wants to show why he got this contract. He's going to be healthy. 
Um, I like Indianapolis here. Right. I think Indy wins, covers the spread easily. I think, you know, for Detroit's perspective, Calvin Johnson gone, but the last year he didn't, I mean, no disrespect to him, but nothing he could have done could have saved their season. No. Um, I think with the way the offense is going, you know, they have Golden Tate, they have Marvin Jones. Now they're going to do a lot of short passes, almost abandoning uh, a run until we see what we have in Amir Abdullah. Mm-hmm. But defensively, still the same issues. They never really replaced a lot of the guys they've lost. And if the Colts have an offensive line, line if they have a defense that can get off the field, I think they could be a pretty good team this year. And they're all, again, not in the hardest division in football. So um, I, I like the Colts, a, a healthy indie team, especially that being the, the most uh, charming thing there. I think they're going to win week one pretty handily. Absolutely. Sunday night, New England goes to Arizona. New England without Tom Brady and now without Rob Gronkowski goes to Arizona. Arizona, a touchdown favorite. Even without Brady and Gronk, that just seems crazy to see if Patriots are a touchdown underdog in any really? game. You know, to me, this is a a, a really a pick'em game. Even with, like you said, Bill Brady being there, Garoppolo. Um, Mitch, I don't know. I I feel like uh, even going into Sunday night, I could change my mind. I want to say Arizona here. I just think they're loaded all around uh, on both sides of the football. I, I like Tyron Matthew coming back. You know, he's one of my favorite players and the NFL. Um, but I just think one team has a quarterback who is proven in the regular season. One team doesn't. Um, and I think just on that, I'm going to go Arizona. But you you never know with New England and all around Garoppolo. And I you know with Gronk, that's going to hurt. But all around Garoppolo, there's talent. And that defense looks better, too. So, But I, I like Arizona. This is the game. And, and... – I'm with you in this sense. No Brady, no Gronk, excuses there. This is when Belichick just finds a way to do it. And I'll go one further. He probably is going to get up for this game more than any other game because it could prove that he means more to his team than a Brady or a Gronk, that he is the guy that could win these right. games. Right, that's true. So there's a lot. I would definitely not write off New England uh, in this game. I think Arizona's going to win a close one at home. Um but the Palmer factor. Last time we saw him was a very bad performance. Right. But you know, if we get a steady dose of those those stud running backs they have, Palmer might not have to do much. Yeah. Get Johnson get the Johnsons, get Elliot or Elliot in there. Uh, a lot of weapons. Yeah, and I like Arians. I think uh the way he likes to spread out his offense isn't afraid to go for, you know, the bomb, I think that could could bode well. Two games on Monday night. Washington first is hosting Pittsburgh. It's Redskins Steelers and the Steelers on the road, three point favorite. Oh uh, yeah, I like the Steelers here. Uh, I think Washington uh, is going to take a step back, even though they won that division last year. I'm just not sold with what they're doing. I like Pittsburgh here. Uh, I don't think Washington is going to be a terrible team. I don't think they're going to put out a bad showing. I just think Pittsburgh's better. Yeah, I, and I really wanted to pick against Pittsburgh, even without Le'Veon Bell on the field. But I just don't think this is a team in Washington that can make them pay for not you know, having Bell. If you had a team with a really loaded secondary, Bell's loss is mm-hmm. huge. You know, you, you don't have that running game. We saw it in, in the playoffs against Denver. I just don't think this is the team to make them pay. I think Brown can torch the secondary. Um, there's a lot of weapons that Roethlisberger has to throw to and for that Washington offense, my biggest concern with them would be the running game. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. Now, I just don't know where where they're going to go and where they're going to find uh, the ground game. Matt Jones and uh, Thompson, the other guy, I just don't know if they're capable enough to to give them a steady balance. They would need to be a team like Pittsburgh. And then finally, Los Angeles Rams kind of sounds weird to mm-hmm. say taking out San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. The Rams opening up the season, opening up their time in L.A. as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, you know, I think this is a, uh, this game can go either way. I'm going to go with the L.A. Rams here. Um, I like what Jeff Fisher's doing over there. I think he's a proven coach. Uh, Chip Kelly, this seems like uh, the more ideal uh, team he can work with. I don't know why he has Blaine Gabbard as his quarterback. Uh, but, that you know, that that'll – that's yet to be seen. I like the Rams here. I think they'll win this game. Yeah, 
I'm going to go San Francisco just because it's at home. I don't think either of these teams are going to make the playoffs. No, no. Um, I will say I, I'm expecting Carlos Hyde to play. I think that's the difference in my pick. Okay. Um, at home, I don't think either of these teams are good. I'll take Chip Kelly trying to get through to a quarterback to just not screw up. Mm-hmm. Case Keenum and Jeff Fisher, yeah. which, by the way, I'm I'm a little stunned that Goff opens the season as the third string, not even dressing for this. Yeah, game. I am as well. I don't I don't know if he hasn't progressed as fast enough, or if Fisher just has the complete trust of ownership to um, be patient in his plan. Uh, I think if Goff has the ability to have the Aaron Rodgers type effect, where he can sit and learn uh, and come in, I don't know, you know, what his chances of doing that with somebody like Case Keenum uh, there, but I think. Uh, golf. Uh, this is a good position if Fisher uh, has that trust. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it is interesting. All right, so that does it for week one. Before we go here on the Money Mitch Effect, I want to go about the awards that we were kind of discussing. Oh, yeah. So who do you have? We'll, we'll start with right, – we'll start uh, – we'll go one by one back and okay. forth. Uh, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. I like Ezekiel Elliott here. I think he's the trendy pick. I think he's the safe pick, and I think he's the correct pick. I think um, being behind that offensive line is going to be set up for him to have success uh, so long that he can keep himself on the field. Uh, if he does that, I think he can run away with it. Right. Uh, that's uh, he's definitely he's definitely looks like he's going to be the guy. Um, I just who's going to get the touches? Who's going to get the opportunities? If exactly. Get a good team and with. You know, with the talent that he has defensively, though, I'm thinking Jalen Ramsey. I like Ramsey as well. Uh, I do. They don't. Um, Dante Fowler wouldn't count because even though he was injured, he's still a second-year player. Right, and that's where the NFL is different than the NBA. Okay, okay. Griffin won NBA Rookie of the Year, even though he missed his whole rookie right. year. Right. I, I like Jalen Ramsey as well. based on based on how the the secondary is going, and you know. How young cornerbacks can make an impact right away. We we need we forgot to talk about another guy that is in the discussion already for best cornerback in the game. That's Marcus Peters in Kansas mm-hmm. City. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, the young corners come on and they, you know, they have that athleticism and um, ability to cover receivers, and that can if you have that at any age, you can start in the NFL. That, that's shown us that. So comeback player of the year, another interesting award. I. There's two guys that I have in. There's actually three guys that I have in mm-hmm. mind. Um, you know, we talked about Des Bryant, and um, I, I like Steve Smith Senior. Maybe that's a sentimental mm-hmm. pick, but this is his farewell song, and I think that if he has a good year, um, you know, they could go with him. And then don't forget about Jordy Nelson as well. Right. So I think we're looking at three receivers. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I you know I had originally picked Drew Brees uh, to win it because I think you know we just hadn't seen him look at like himself the last couple of years, and I think they still have offensive weapons for him to approach um, those ridiculous you know forty eight forty nine hundred yard seasons uh, because of how they threw the football. But I like a receiver here too. Uh, I think um, if Tony Romo was playing, you could lean Dez, but maybe Jordy, maybe Jordy. Yeah, I'll say Steve Smith just for the heck of it. Um, let's go offensive player of the year. Okay, uh, I think the easy pick is a receiver. I'm going Todd Gurley here because I don't think the yeah. L.A. Rams have any other options. I think he's going to get the most touches, and I think by nature of that, um, I think I haven't really looked at their schedule, but I don't think their schedule is that rough. I think Gurley, as long as he stays healthy, could win this win this award. Do you think this award has anything to do with team success or just stats? I think it's just stats straight, honestly. I, okay. I think that year that um, didn't Peterson win it a year, and they were pretty. They were pretty not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, okay. yeah, I think it's a stats award. If that's the case, and if actually you can get punished for, or you can get benefit benefited from the fact that your team's not that mm-hmm. good, uh, Leo Jones. Okay. Okay. I think I think if he puts up, I mean, he had eighteen hundred receiving yards last year. He missed, did. And, yeah. I think with him and with the lack of help he has, I mean, no disrespect to That's Antonio it. I Brown. I'm going to pick AB here. So. I know, but uh, and and I'm leaning. I'm one of those guys that kind of leans Julio slightly over AB as best receiver in the game. 
I just do the trade them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's an argument is what we we all put up with Ben throwing. I agree. Them. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay, defensive player of the year. Okay. Uh, so pick against JJ Watt. Yeah. Maybe. I got to pick J.J. Watt here. I think until proven otherwise, uh, I think Khalil Mack is is the second pick, maybe the first pick here. But the numbers that J.J.'s put up, I think even if he has to miss a couple games, his productivity, he could still approach 20 sacks. And if he he gets 15 sacks and plays 13 games or plays 14 games, I think he should run away with it even more because he played less time. Right. Um, yeah, tough to pick against J.J. Watt. This is actually an award that usually goes to a team that is at least competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Khalil Mack here, though. I think the Raiders will be better. He just keeps getting getting better. We might see J.J. Watt be, you know, the negative recipient to, you know, the voter bias of we don't want to vote for this guy again and That's again. That's true. That's true. Mack is, is coming up and, you know, right on his heels. Mm-hmm. Two guys to look out for this award, though, if the Panthers are good again. Luke Keekley has to be in the consideration. But don't sleep on the most underrated maybe player in all football, and that's Aaron Donald, defensive tackle for the Rams. Absolutely, Aaron. That's tackle in the game already. The fastest D-tackle I've ever mm-hmm. seen. He, uh, he's, he's ridiculously fast, insanely athletic. and he, he definitely could win it out there. Yeah, I just think they're going to need to be a little better for him to get consideration. Absolutely. But. And it's tough at D tackle to really get the notice that a net dresser or a linebacker or even a cornerback mm-hmm. gets. All right, MVP, our last one here. Who is the 2016 NFL? I'm going Russell Wilson here. I think uh, the Seahawks uh, are the best team going into the season. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily going to win the Super Bowl, but I think they're the best team. I think Russell Wilson has um, grown significantly as a passer, and I think without having – Marshawn Lynch there, albeit Rawls has shown us a lot. Uh, I think Russ is just going to grow into that position even more, and I think he'll win the MVP as a true dual-threat quarterback. It's tough for it not to be a quarterback. And if you ask me, then that's a good pick. The smart money would be on Rodgers, again, Mm -hmm. just because he's getting Nelson back and, you know, how good of a passer he is. But I'll take the longer shot and go Andrew Luck as this year's MVP. Okay, okay. I like a healthy Andrew Luck if he can stay upright if the line's mm-hmm. better. And if in that division, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for them to win 11. No, not you know, at maybe. all. I think it's a two-horse race between the Colts and the Texans. With that, yeah, with that division, with maybe some better weapons, you know, we'll see if Moncrief and if the rookie out of, or the second-year player on Miami Dorsett can contribute. Mm-hmm. Luck's running ability, I think he, you know, another quarterback in the class of 2012, I think he could be a guy to win the MVP, but you know, it's an interesting year. You can't count out Cam Newton and some of the old veterans as well, like we mentioned, Rodgers. If Brees puts up another year with stellar stats and they're better. Does does Brady have a chance at this award if he comes back and blazes it? I can't. Uh, that's four games, man. That's a quarter it of the is, season. It is. It's a quarter of the season. See it. it would have to be ridiculous numbers. Have to rival his own, own seven mm-hmm. season. He would. He would. I just can't see Brady putting up the numbers with that short of time. I can't either. I can't either. All right. Well, we'll wrap this with our picks for playoffs, and then we'll try to walk through the uh, we'll try to walk through the playoff picture into the Super Bowl. So who are your six teams in each conference? All right, six teams in each conference. So we'll start with the AFC. Uh, I have New England um, getting the overall one seed. I like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh with the two seed. Um, and then uh, three through six, I think it can go either way, but I like Indianapolis winning uh, their division. I like Kansas City winning their division. And my two wild card teams, Cincinnati and the Jets. Okay. You want to flip-flop or you want me to hit you with my oh. NFC? Yeah, go NFC. Okay, so NFC, um, I picked Dallas before Tony Romo uh, got hurt. Uh, so I think – I'm going to go with the Giants now, reluctantly. Uh, I like Minnesota still to win that division, uh, even um, not having Teddy Bridgewater. I just think uh, we're gonna, I, I just I see another misstep from Pittsburgh. I mean, uh, Green Bay, sorry. Uh, I like Carolina winning their division, Arizona, Seattle, and Green Bay are my wild cards. Okay. I'll do, well, I'll do the AFC first as okay. well. New England again winning the division. Um, I like the Bengals winning their division. 
those would be my top two seeds probably in that order uh, I do like the Colts as uh, I'll say I'll still say the Broncos as the three okay. seed um, and then I'll go Colts as the four seed with my two wild card teams being Pittsburgh and yeah I'm kind of falling off that Buffalo bandwagon already yeah. I'll say uh, the Jets look good oh, man uh-huh. Yeah, and now I'm picking yeah. out West. Okay. I'll say I'm not. Yeah, I'm gonna say Chiefs. Okay, Chiefs. Okay, so Oakland misses. Yeah, I just Denver. Denver. I, I can't see Denver missing the playoffs. You know, I, I think there's a lot of talent on that on that team. I think they'll they could flip up with the Chiefs, but those are my six teams this year. Buffalo just too many issues coming out of camp with the running back situation and the defense and. Um, so those will be my six there. In the NFC, I'm going to go with uh, Green Bay, Seattle, probably. I'll say Seattle this year gets the top seed in the West, followed by Green Bay. Um, I will say that it's Carolina again in the NFC South. The NFC East, you can go a lot of different ways. You know what, I'll say, I'll, I'll pull a shocker. I think both the Cowboys and Giants get in. Oh, wow. Okay. And Arizona gets in as wow. well. Wow. Vikings, Vikings were a team I looked at. I'm just not not sure with the Hill-Bradford combo. And then I looked at the process of elimination for everybody else. I just, I'm having a tough time putting anybody else in the playoffs. Tampa Bay, I'm not sure they're ready. Atlanta, the same. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's walk through the playoff picture and each getting to the Super Bowl first, starting with you. Okay, so you you just want my final four teams, or what do you think? Just walk how you kind of see it happening, like how you see okay. the match. Okay, yeah, yeah, because I didn't really give you my my seeding. So yeah, I I think coming out of the NFC, um, I think Arizona's going to get the one seed here. I think they're going to win the most games in that conference, and then uh, you know I had Seattle as my wild card. So I think Seattle. Uh, has the potential to go to the Super Bowl again from the wild card position. Um, But I like um, my two teams coming out of the NFC being um, Arizona and Seattle. Uh, I think uh, the, the I don't know exactly how the matchups are going to come out, but I like Arizona and Seattle coming out of those, those two to go to the NFC game. Okay. And your AFC final AFC two teams? AFC final two teams. I, I think New England and Pittsburgh. I think after um, the four games of Tom Brady, he might come out a little rusty, but I think they're going to all hit the pavement running. Uh, I don't think they're going to come out of that any less than 500. And then I think Pittsburgh's just got way too much firepower. I think they're going to win the division, and I think um, they're going to the AFC title. Okay. I'm going to say for the NFC – I had the Cardinals as my wild card team. I think they're going to make it. I think they'll get by. I, I think it's going to be Arizona Green Bay. I think Seattle gets gets stumbled up. Okay. Even as a top two seed with the bye, I think they can lose their first game. None of the NFC East teams will make it, and Carolina I think takes a step back as yeah, well. Yeah, I actually but, see the the same matchup as last year. I see Arizona Carolina uh, again. I just think Arizona beats them this year. Yeah, and on the other side, I'll go New England and Cincinnati. And my Super Bowl matchup is going to be Arizona and Cincinnati. And I like Arizona and New England. Okay. I just, I think the Bengals can put it together this year. I think last year the Broncos proved you don't need an elite quarterback to win mm-hmm. it. There's too much talent on that side, of, on that team, top to bottom. Um,. I like what they can do, and in a conference where I think you have to have size up front, I don't think anybody is bigger than them. No, <laughs> no, they're a very big team, actually. Um, I like Arizona to win the game, though. I think Arizona should be the Super Bowl champs this year. Um, their offense is pretty spread out. This isn't an all-or-nothing bias either. I think this is their right, year. Right, right. And um, I'm picking New England to win it all uh, reluctantly. I just think um, – Seeing Gronkowski and Martellus Bennett on the same team, uh, that two tight end set, which we envisioned a couple years ago, you know, before the, the Aaron Hernandez issues, um, right. I, I just think this team is going to be way too um, prolific on offense. And I think defensively, they're quietly getting better. Uh, and I just, I think New England's going to win. Okay. 
Well, that's good. that's going to do it for us this week. It was good catching up with you, Mike, man. Talking. Guys. This is fun. And uh, we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. Sounds good, brother. All right, take care, buddy. Too, I'll talk to you. Take care. All right, special thanks again to Ryan Souls for coming on today's edition of the Money Mitch Effect. Next week, we have a jam-packed lineup as we break down the U.S. Open Finals, a, a stunning upset that Serena Williams suffered in the semifinals to Carolina Pliskova, the Kerber-Pliskova final on the women's side, as well as the men's final between Stan Marinka and Novak Djokovic. Gail Monfils' interesting decision and how he played in his semifinal match. That'll all be broken down, as well as another edition where we will be discussing college football some week three previews as we get into uh, more of the meat of the schedule. I'll have a special guest for that. And also some talk on the World Cup of Hockey, which starts uh, a week from today, actually. Not going to want to miss that. Uh, USA-Canada getting a little chippy last night in an exhibition game. You got Ryan Kessler out there just hating on uh, some Canadians. And uh, it's uh, that time again, international hockey. Uh, always fun to see. So thanks again for listening to this edition of the Money Mitch Effect. You can find all the podcasts on SoundCloud, and uh, we hope to uh, have you listen for many, many episodes to come.